Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 29. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse 3, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. This week, my devotions have centered on relentless faith. Relentless faith is never giving up, no matter how hard things get. It's about overcoming obstacles and adversity. And while experiencing them, no matter how hard, you still stand firm and unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. The Bible itself is about faith. Faith in God and faith to believe in everything that God has said through his written word. As Christians, we know that salvation comes through faith faith that Jesus Christ is God's son, and that he died for our sins. For some, it's quite a stretch to believe in someone or something that they have not experienced firsthand. But bear in mind that we sinned and separated ourselves from God. The result of that sin condemned us. However, God provided a way back to himself, and that is where faith comes in. But even before Jesus, there were several individuals who believed in God. Abraham, the patriarch, was rewarded for his great faith. It was faith that motivated Abraham to obey God, which required action. And it began with leaving his homeland, the place that was familiar to him, and to go to a place that was yet unidentified. All God told him was a place that I will show you. In the book of Genesis and in the book of Romans, we read where it states that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Being righteous is being morally correct and justifiable, meaning shown to be right or reasonable. That does not mean that Abraham didn't have his challenges. First of all, he misrepresented his wife as his sister out of fear. He listened to his wife and had a child with Hagar, his wife's concubine. Yet, there was the relationship that he had with God that justified him. That story of Abraham and the story of Abraham should remind us that even when we misstep, God is so loving, he calls us back to him. After all the things that Abraham experienced, would you consider him unrelenting? You'd have to consider his entire life. I'm reminded when he finally had the child of promise, the child that God told him he was going to have. It was in his old age, and although Abraham doubted, he had that child, and it was his faith, his belief in God, that called him to sacrifice his son Isaac. And here is where Abraham continued to exhibit unrelenting faith. Abraham listened to God, and he did what God told him to do. He took his son up to the region of Moriah, and he was about to slay him when God had stayed Abraham's hand and he provided an alternative sacrifice. Sometimes God will call us to do things that 
seem unlike his nature and seem unloving. But what we find when we do those things is that sometimes God will test our faith. And remember, and it says in his word, for the testing of your faith worketh patience, so that patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and wanting nothing. That's unrelenting faith. But Abraham uh, wasn't the only one who trusted God. And that word says he, you would be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is one worth examining. I won't go through the entire story, but Jacob's name meant deceiver. And that is what he is known for. And that was what he was known for in his early years. He, along with his mother, conspired to fool their father, Isaac. Remember Isaac, the one that was to be sacrificed? Stole his brother's birthright, Esau. His actions caused exile and isolation. He ends up meeting a woman whom he desires to marry in, on his way to his uncle's home, only to be deceived by him, her, her, his uncle, his bro, which is his mother's brother Laban. And he was led to work in servitude for the woman that he wanted, the one he desired. Okay, I know you want me to get to the unrelenting faith part. Well, after over 20 years of working for his uncle, the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. It was on his way back that his faith is tested. Remember I said the testing of our faith worketh patience. So let patience have its per so let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Here his faith is being tested and challenged. He gets to a place called the Ford of Jabbok. Jacob wanted to live his own life and he wanted to live it his own way. Sounds familiar? Sometimes we want to do that. But it was there at that ford of Jabbok, at that place where he had been responsible for his own life, or so he thought. It was there that he wrestles with the angel of the Lord. Even when the angel told him to let him go, Jacob's response was, I won't let go until you bless me. Jacob had been doing things his own way all his life, and now he continues believing that he can have his way. Jacob prevailed, but it left him with the reminder that it was God who wins. Remember, the angel of the Lord touched the socket of his hip and he walked with a limp as a reminder. You don't want that kind of reminder to know that God is in control. Jacob wanted blessings, but what he really needed was God. Sometimes we want the blessings of God, but we don't want God. Jacob was unrelenting because he refused to quit. He refused to let go until he received the blessing, a blessing from God. So let's look at that a little bit more. First, with God's power, he could have overcome quite easily uh, the, the wrestling match with Jacob, but there was something there for Jacob to learn and it wasn't gonna be easy. Most of his life had been, he had been doing things his way and some of the things he did didn't work out so well. There were things he did that were the result of his own behavior and deceit. And it just simply wasn't aligning with obedience to God. But now God is telling him to go back home. And Jacob needed to understand that no longer was his way the way that God desired. So in that wrestling match, the angel asked Jacob his name. When he responded, Jacob, the angel spoke to him and said, your name will be Israel. You see, Jacob's name meant deceiver, and God changed his name from deceiver 
to Israel, meaning a prince with power and power from God. It was at that point he became an adopted son of God. We too have wrestled with God in some way. The first time of wrestling is understanding or was understanding whether he was real and often seeking evidence and proof of his existence. Sometimes we fleece because we're not sure. And then after God proves himself, we still doubt. We seek to understand who he is and why, if he's real, that he allows so much sin in and around us. Well, in our seeking, we just need to go back to the book of Genesis, where the initial sin took place in the Garden of Eden. But it was in the garden, in the beginning, that God put a plan in place to bring us back to himself. And that doesn't mean it would be easy. It takes faith to believe that. It's hard to believe in someone you can't see, but the evidence of God's existence can be seen throughout all of creation. From the visions of nature, to the birth of a child, to the miraculous healing of bodies and the saving from what many would consider certain disasters. We too must contend with what we believe about God. After the encounter with the angel of God, Jacob knew God was real. We know he grappled with the knowledge of God because that was seen when on his way to his uncle's home where he stopped at Bethel and he put a stone under his head and they said he had a dream where he saw a ladder or some say a stairway resting on the earth. In that dream, he said that stairway reached up to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Can you imagine that imagery of seeing angels coming up and going down? At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he identified himself in the dream saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to such. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Can you imagine seeing that imagery in a dream? And the Lord had to identify himself because as Jacob is watching the angels come up, ascend and descend, notice God is identifying himself, and God identifies himself to us in many ways. It was when Jacob woke up that he acknowledged or he believed that God was in that place, but it frightened him. He named that place the gate of heaven and he called it Bethel. It was there that he made a vow that if God would be with him and watch over him to return safely to his father, father's house, he says it this way in Genesis 28, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Notice the vow and commitment Jacob made to God. And he says, if God will be with me, if God will watch over me on this journey that he's taking, if he would provide for him food and clothes, if he will allow him to return safely, then the Lord will be my God. It, isn't it interesting? He had a dream. 
God identifies himself. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, he even renames it Bethel, but yet he puts conditions that uh, in order for him to believe or accept, not believe, but accept that God uh, was God or God would be with him and watch over him, then that's when he said, you know, he made that vow to God. But it was only until there was conditions that that um, Jacob put on God. And sometimes we do the same thing. We say, Lord, if you do this for me, then I will do that. If you deliver me from this, I will do that. And how often do we walk away from the vow and the promise that we uh, make with God? And God does watch over us and he is with us. And just like God keeps his word, he wants us to keep our word. It, it's the it's it's that unrelenting faith that no matter what happens, I know God is with me, that God is watching over me. And we don't have to bargain with God because his word tells us that he will not leave us for or forsake us. God calls us to come to him. He wants us to return to him, but he doesn't force himself on us. It's up to us to seek God while he may be found, as the word says, and call on him while he's near. You may know the Lord, but the Lord wants you to really know him. He wants you to really seek him. He wants you to be led by him. He wants you to follow him. Our life's journey can have many twists, turns, and sometimes even detours, but that does not mean that he won't accomplish what he has promised. Life is not easy. I'm sure that's not a newsflash for anyone. And Satan will put up many roadblocks to keep you from the plan that God has for you. You, we, must be relentless in pursuing and acquiring what God has purposed for you. Think about it. If God has said there is something that he will do, then he will do it. And we have to trust that he will do it. We just need to do our part. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And I know we hate hearing that because God can do anything. But if he did everything for us, that wouldn't be faith. Sometimes we need a little rain so that we can appreciate when the sun does show up and when the sun does come. There will be setbacks, but that just means you need to get up and fight harder to pursue God with everything within you. Notice in a wrestling match when they are wrestling until that person gets pinned down until that sin gets pinned down, then you have to keep fighting and keep fighting until you win. And unfortunately or fortunately, we're fighting until the day we die. However, we're not fighting by ourselves. It's almost like cheating because God is with us. Keep in mind, you are not doing this by yourself. Remember, the world is at enmity against God. And that means it is against God's people and definitely against God's work. Consider those who have sacrificed their lives to serve God. Some of them are on the mission fields. Some have forsaken their personal desires and comforts to serve God. Some have even lost their lives. Why? Because they have the kind of faith that refuses to give up. They have the kind of faith to pursue whatever God called them to do, no matter how hard it is. They have a faith that is willing to contend for what they believe, in a world that will never understand the way and the will and the power of God. So, what things have you been wrestling with? What has God told you to contend for by faith? If he told you, then it'll be accomplished, but it'll be accomplished when you exercise your faith in him. 
and refuse to let go until you receive the blessing that he has promised. I pray that whatever you're wrestling with, that you'll say like Jacob, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And God is faithful to accomplish everything that he has purposed within his will for you. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.